Happy Friday, everybody. We've got two more teams clinching the playoffs, a player reaching the 100-point barrier, and some interesting information on the weekend ahead. All that and more coming up on the weekend edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin, and with me, as always, every Friday, Rachel Donner. And uh, Rachel, happy Friday. Thanks. Same to you. Thank you. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh Exciting times. We're in the stretch drive here of the NHL season. Every team has less than 10 games, I'm pretty sure, uh, left on their schedule at this point. A couple of teams clinching playoff berths last night. The two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning are now officially in, and so are the Pittsburgh Penguins. The East pretty much set uh, all the teams except the wild cards I mean, no surprise right now that Pittsburgh and and Tampa Bay are in the playoffs. Of course. I think, you know, we've been talking for weeks now about how the East has been pretty much set. It was just exactly what position teams were going to be in. And the Pens have struggled a little bit, but given just how far all of the leading teams were ahead of everybody else, we knew they were going to make it, and they seem to have righted the ship for the most part. For the most part. And Tampa Bay has been struggling the last few games as well, but they finally get the uh, clinch. And, you know, I, 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 I know a lot of people are wondering whether or not the Lightning will be as good in the playoffs this year as they have been the last two. Uh, did we say the same thing last year? I, <laughs> I feel like we did. <laughs> so yeah. I will never count them out. No, can't count out, especially a team with all that goaltending and all that mm-hmm. scoring and size. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about the Lightning. And uh, and yet, you know, they seem to, you know, right now everyone's sort of questioning them and maybe they shouldn't. You're right. You're, you're certainly right about that. And, you know, we also had uh, a 100-point scorer, as uh, it seems like what well, was this the third week in a row we're doing an Austin Matthews uh milestone when when we it have feels party, like so. it yeah he's so having think, such a great season you, he I is. Mean, you do have to give him all the credit in the world for this you, you do and but I I feel like we should almost say hello and welcome to the Austin Matthews show I mean <laughs> he he is really uh a hundred point season for for Austin Matthews and uh, congratulations to him and uh, yeah, it, it's quite an accomplishment. And yeah, he just keeps doing more things that like put him, you know, on the in the record books or or reaching a new milestone. And and uh, you know, I think Leaf fans would trade it all for a playoff series win or two. But uh, good to recognize you're sort of watching one of the all time greats. And and first American to hit a hundred points in a while. So that, uh, you know, got to give credit to Austin Matthews. Absolutely. And the hundred point 
milestone marker has been really interesting, I think, over the last decade of the game, uh, even going back further, just in terms of what the league has tried to do to encourage scoring in the game. And, you know, looking even as far back as the dead puck era and then the changes that happened after the lockout in, you know, you have 2005, 2006, where you have seven guys who broke the 100-point barrier in that season. Joe Thornton famously got 125 points that season, which just sounds absolutely impossible <laughs> right now. <laughs> but, you know, and Yager was up at 123 points that season. It That, you know, Crosby was over 100. Ovi was over 100. It was a phenomenal season of scoring that year and then as is the case with sports and hockey in particular teams adjust and strategies change and and the 100 point barrier kind of became more elusive I think after that uh, season and you know as the years have gone on to the point where you know even in 15 16 16 17 you only have like one or two guys it went up to three in 17 18 and where Kucherov entered the conversation there and McDavid comes into the game in 16 17 he was the only one that year and then you know has continued to be a prolific scorer, but, and then we've had the last two seasons that were shortened due to the pandemic. So, you know, we only had one guy in each of those two seasons get over the hundred point barrier. And it just feels like it's this exciting thing in the game now because it gets harder and harder each year to do. It does. It, it is not an easy accomplishment. And, you know, you go back to the, like, let's say the eighties, which was the wide open, era and you know you, you look back Wayne Gretzky what do you have 212 points in one mm -hmm. season I mean th those numbers can't imagine anyone coming close to them now but the game is cyclical and if we do have another wide open offensive era who knows you know in the future but got to give credit to what is it now five players who have uh, hit 100 points this year yeah and what's great about it in my opinion this season is that we have you know a couple of the guys that you would expect like Connor McDavid like Leon Dreisaitl but you have Austin Matthews this is you know his first crack at it that we just talked about but Jonathan Huberdeau and uh and uh Johnny Goudreau are the others and so I'm actually really excited that we have some new blood in this 100 point club yeah, it's it, it's good to have additional, you know, players and and that raises expectations. And I, I definitely like to see some new guys reaching the milestone. And yeah, it's 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 good to see. And hopefully we'll see some more scoring coming up in the future. Look, fans like the scoring. Uh, I always have said, you know, you could have a very exciting hockey game that's six five, and you could have an exciting hockey game that's two to one. Uh, but fans do like scoring, and to see these guys reach these milestones when it's harder to do it, when not a lot of players are doing it, it, it just adds to you know an appreciation of how difficult it is and how skilled these guys are. 
Yeah, and it also makes me wonder in terms of, you know, any potential future rule changes. Like I said, you know, the league is always trying to figure out a way to increase scoring. And so is it, do they go back to trying to adjust what the goaltender can and can't do, right, to increase scoring? Do they change the shape of the nets, the size of the nets? You know, uh, would they make the nets... 30% bigger. I mean, there's all these potential options out there, right? Right. In order to increase scoring. Um, Will they get rid of offside? I mean, these are all things that are out there that are possibilities in terms of rule changes. And, And I enjoy the back and forth of the league trying to increase scoring. So they change the rules, they change goalie pad regulations you know they do all this stuff and then teams find a way to adjust right so it's this like dance back and forth between what players can do and what the league tries to do um and yeah it's just something i appreciate about the game because uh, you know sometimes change is hard but change is often good and i think increasing scoring is always on the side of good i i agree i i you know, I think it'll be, I, I don't know if I want to see the size of the net change though, because it, that <laughs> makes it very difficult to compare players from, you know, when the net was this size versus when the net was that size. But uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind shrinking the goalie equipment though. That, you know, uh, when I remember goalies, when I was first watching hockey in the seventies and eighties and, and you look at the old, you know, you go on YouTube and you look at the old footage and you're like, they were tiny. They were, the goalies got a little bit bigger, but you know, the equipment got a lot bigger. Here's where I disagree with you on that though, because I think that in that era, it was all wooden sticks True. and the shots were not as hard. And I think for safety reasons, you know, you look at this era with composite sticks and you know, the technology is getting better and better and the shots can get harder and faster. The goalies need that protective equipment. I, I can more than understand that. And, and I, I do remember interviewing a former NHL goalie who played in the 60s and 70s. And he said the big difference between when we were playing and now is that when we were playing and the, we saved the puck, it hurt. Now they don't feel a thing, you know. I don't know if they don't feel anything, but the difference has got to be uh, significant between the equipment they had back then and what goalies go through now. We have got a lot more to talk about, a, a, a Hall of Fame legend passing away. We've got a preview of this weekend's upcoming games and a look at some of the new players from around the league. But first, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about Built Bar? We have been talking about Bilt Bar for a long time on Locked On NHL, and by now you should know how much we love them. But Bilt has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they have some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Bilt.com, you scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. 
Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but have 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, that's going to cost you 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And regular Built Bars have delicious flavors as well, like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. They have new flavors coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So... Some sad news from the world of hockey. The New York Islanders announcing this morning that Mike Bossy had passed away. The Hall of Fame winger is the Islanders' all-time leading goal scorer. And, you know, one of the great goal, pure goal scorers of all time, played in 752 NHL games. His career was cut short after just 10 years by a bad back. He was only 30 when he had to retire. In 752 games, 573 goals, 1,126 points, won four Stanley Cups with the Islanders. And his arrival really made the difference from the Islanders being a good contending team to a team that was going to win 19 straight playoff series and four straight Stanley Cups. Ten seasons in the NHL, nine seasons of 50 or more goals, 50 goals in 50 games, uh, became only the second player after Maurice, the rocket Richard to do that. Uh, and you know, nine seasons of 50 or more goals. The only season he didn't score 50 goals. He only played 63 games. That was his last season. And he had only 38 goals. So, uh, also, you know, Mike Bossy, uh, very involved with sports in Montreal after his retirement, very involved with the Islanders organization, always generous with fans. And uh, I, I had the privilege of speaking to him a number of times and just sad that he passed this away at the young age of just 65. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording today, and at least from my outside of New York perspective, it seems like, you know, everybody knows how great Mike Bossy was as a player. But when we talk about the all-time greats and have these conversations that bubble up around the league, his name just doesn't come up often enough, in my opinion. And, you know, especially because he not only was he a prolific scorer, and just a phenomenal hockey player. But he was one of those guys that was like trying to change the game for the better and get the dirty hits out of the game as well. And I, I think that just a lot of what he has done for hockey and the achievements of his career often get overlooked kind of outside of the New York sports bubble. Yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, you know, really deserves a lot more of the respect and the attention that, you know, his numbers, uh, you know, he's earned through what he was able to accomplish during his career. And, you know, he had a hard shot and an accurate shot, but I think the thing that made him such a prolific goal scorer is how quickly he got rid of the puck. I mean, when he got it on his stick, it was off his stick in a millisecond. 
and he was able to beat goalies often as a result of that very quick release. One of the great pure goal scorers in hockey and, and a great all-around person any anytime fans you know met him and he was at the Nassau Coliseum uh and later the Barclays Center pretty often until his illness caught up with him so uh very sad to announce the passing of Mike Bossy at the age of 65 but let's let's change the subject here you know we've talked a little bit about the playoff races and you know two more teams clinching in the east the race very tight in the west but a lot of the teams who are not making the playoffs, they're busy introducing new players to their roster. And, you know, that's always a cause for optimism. And, and it's exciting for the players making their NHL debuts. Rachel, what are some, who are some of the guys that we've seen uh, filling that in, making their NHL debuts here as we get to the home stretch of the season? Yeah, I this is my favorite time of the year in terms of getting NHL debuts. I love the goofy pictures with the puck saying first NHL game, like it's your first day of kindergarten. And <laughs> um, I just, I love everything about it. I love their enthusiasm. This is, you know, the culmination of lifelong dreams. And I feel like we do get that at the beginning of the season a little bit, but it gets lost in the shuffle of all the new season stuff. And there's a lot of them at once because a lot of rookies make their debut but you know at this time of year it's kind of spread out a little bit more and each of these guys get more of a chance to shine and be in the spotlight and I think you know for me one of the biggest debuts that we have seen in the last week is Owen Power in Buffalo he was the first overall pick in the draft last year it just wrapped up his season at Michigan and of course, Michigan had a ton of people yeah. uh, who are making their way to the NHL right now after their season ended in the semifinals of the uh, NCAA Frozen Four. And, uh, you know, he had a pretty solid first game, you know, first game in the NHL, you got to face the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that's, <laughs> you know, a tall order. He had an assist in the game, but um you know, he played pretty well overall. And and I think that, you know, he's a guy that you want to keep an eye on. And the Sabres are an interesting team going into next season uh, in terms of their potential and, and what they're trying to build there. And Owen Power is a huge part of that. So I think for me, he's the guy you want to watch the most um, who has made their debut. Yeah. And, and, you know, Buffalo will be interesting next year. I think they are a young team on the upswing, although, you know, it, I'm sure the fans uh, up in Buffalo are getting a little impatient with the uh, with the rebuilding program. But Owen Power, very talented, as you mentioned, first overall pick in the draft and a bright future ahead of him. I know your Flyers have a, a, a couple of players as well, right? yes? Yeah, the Flyers have had three guys make their debut in the last stretch. And again, all related to the Frozen Four timing. We had Bobby Brink, who was a second round draft pick for the Flyers, who won the national championship with uh, Denver University, make his debut this week. And then um, other guys coming out of college, Noah Cates, and Ronnie Adderd have made their NHL debuts. I would say, you know, Bobby's only had two games. Uh, so I'm giving him a little bit more time, obviously. But I think, you know, Noah Cates uh, has been really tremendous 
so far. I think that his two-way game is really strong. Um, he can handle the physicality. And, you know, of those three guys, I think he is the one that has the strongest chance of making the roster going into next season so far. But I, I would not count out either one of uh, the other two, Bobby Brink and Ronnie Adderd. Ronnie Adderd is, is a really strong defenseman and, you know, was a depth pick in the draft, um, a fifth round pick, I believe. And so to see a guy like that um, come out of college and make his debut is is also pretty cool as well so you know there's some good stuff happening for the future with the flyers but you know i do think that going back to michigan i think they're the they're the college <laughs> team obviously that has made the most debuts in addition to owen power we had maddie Beniers make his debut for the seattle kraken and famously the first draft pick ever for the Kraken went second overall last year. Um, he's got an assist so far. And then Columbus had a pair of Michigan players make their debuts. Uh, Kent Johnson, of course, being more highly anticipated, was uh, a first round pick for the Blue Jackets. And then Nick Blankenberg was an undrafted signee by Columbus and you know, he's a, a really strong defenseman and uh, I think the the Blue Jackets fans are excited to have him on board as well. What will Michigan do next year? <laughs> I know that, this is my whole thing. Um, one of the little fun aspects of it for me personally is you watch all of the college Twitter accounts interact with the NHL team accounts right. of their players that have moved on and with the Michigan account you feel like oh they're rooting them on and they're so happy to see all their guys make NHL debuts but you can hear almost the tinge of sadness mm -hmm. in the post about we don't all get the to see them at Yoast anymore exactly yeah exactly exactly well yeah, that's always an exciting time. And it's great. You know, a lot of the time parents are, you know, in attendance for the debut if they can make it. And uh, it shouldn't be overlooked. So I'm glad that you brought that to everybody's attention. We have got a great holiday weekend of games coming up. We will have a look at the best games of the weekend and more on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Rachel, the, the schedule this weekend because of the holidays, a little different, uh, very light schedule tonight, only two games on tap. Uh, <clears throat> my Islanders are in Montreal, game with minimal playoff implications, but then the Florida Panthers hosting the Winnipeg Jets and, uh, you know, Florida fighting for home ice advantage and trying to uh, solidify things, and Winnipeg still still kind of holding on to playoff hopes in the West. Your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I think, you know, for Florida, 
what their theme has been recently is figuring out ways to win. And with Winnipeg technically still in the hunt, they're going to be battling hard. And I think, you know, for Florida, it's a good chance to, again, just figure out how to do what they have to do in order to win games. And so I think it should be a a fun game overall for those reasons. But um, I'm personally more interested in the Islanders versus Canadians game. Okay. Just because, again, it's like battling for lottery percentages mm-hmm. but also these are the two teams of the play of the teams out of the playoffs that have been the most exciting i would say in the waning weeks of the season and ter- the islanders like i never would have guessed that they would have been you know the top team of the non-playoff teams in the right. east even a month ago but um, that's where they are right now. And so it's cool to watch uh, the Islanders get back into it. And then the same for Montreal. They've been a ton of fun, win or lose. You know, Martin St. Louis has made this team exciting and, you know, something you want to watch. So they are I think that's a, that's a fun competition right there. Absolutely. Now, Saturday is the busiest day of the weekend. And we start with a very good matinee. A lot of uh, black and gold on the ice as Pittsburgh goes into Boston. And, you know, these are two teams jockeying for position. And uh, Pittsburgh wants to stay out of that wild card if they can. Yeah, I I think this should be, I think, the marquee game of the day, I would say. And I'm glad it's, it's in the afternoon and we can just all sit down and get grossed out by the black and gold as you are <laughs> want to do. But it's good hockey. Yeah. Uh, some other good afternoon games as well. Minnesota-St. Louis. Uh, again, two teams very close in the standings fighting for playoff position. And, you know, you, you, you look at the standings and, you know, they could meet in the playoffs right away. Yeah, this weekend is interesting, I think, for both of those teams because they both have back-to-backs Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday. So they play each other on Saturday, and then they go their separate ways on Sunday. Uh, St. Louis faces Nashville, and then uh, San Jose is playing the Wild. And so, you know, huge playoff implications for this weekend overall for both of those teams. And, you know, so will it cancel each other out over the course of the weekend or can one of those teams gain a much stronger advantage? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Vegas and Edmonton, also uh, a matinee, two Western Conference teams battling it. And Vegas, you know, they've played more games than a lot of the teams that they're battling with for playoff position. So, you know, they need every game they can get, every win they can get, and winning in Edmonton right now, not an easy task. No, Edmonton has been playing so well recently, and, uh, you know, controversies aside with Evander Kane, <laughs> yeah. I think that they are, um, they're a real solid team, and normally I would say, oh, it's Edmonton, they'll figure out a way to lose, but uh, this team it feels a little different this time around for them. It does. It definitely does. Got to mention briefly Toronto and Ottawa just because of the rivalry. But the big game to me, as far as uh, playoff implications, Saturday night in Denver, the Hurricanes and the Avalanche, two teams, you know, trying to be the top seed in their respective conferences, a possible Stanley Cup final preview. 
Possibly. Yeah, I, I'm very excited about this game because, like you said, you know, especially out west where Colorado is technically the only team to have clinched the playoff spot going against Carolina, who have so many different weapons at their disposal. I think that, you know, to see a preview of a potential Stanley Cup final like this right now, it's going to have a playoff feel this game. No question about it. And, you know, Sunday uh, for the Easter holiday, only six games on tap. To me, the best one is St. Louis and Nashville. Yeah, I think so, too. Although um, I am interested to see, again, if the Islanders can play spoiler against the Leafs. And, um, you know, we were talking in the last segment about Owen Power and the, you know, college kids making their debuts. Owen Power has a back-to-back this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, The Sabres are playing the Flyers. So, you know, it's not going to be the most prolific hockey you're ever going to see. But if you want a chance to see the number one draft pick, um, you have a lot of time to do that this weekend. Yeah, should be a, a good weekend of hockey. I am definitely looking forward to it. And uh, also want to wish uh, everybody a happy Easter and a happy Passover for those celebrating. So thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Rachel, always a pleasure to do the show with you. Hope you have a, a great weekend and a, and a great holiday. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on Monday with the show. And we will be back uh, next Friday when we're really getting into the home stretch. Yeah, only a couple of weeks left of regular season play. So excited to get to the playoffs. Uh, absolutely. Well, again, thank you very much for listening to Locked On NHL. Have a great weekend, everybody. And enjoy the hockey.